Um, this uh, this is my second episode of my podcast. I'll be discussing municipal planning with Ndatemate. Uh, Ndatemate is a planner. I will allow Ndatemate to introduce himself. Over to you, Ndatemate. Good afternoon. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Ntama Jacob Mate. I'm the manager of town and regional planning for Greater Kanini Municipality. Thank you. Thank you, Ndatemate. Um, I think... Uh, over the years, uh, the, pl- the the planning tools that have been there have, in a way, uh, not been helpful, especially in municipalities where you have rural um, areas. And these areas, as a result, have been left out. So as, as, as part of my um, research, I look into um, how, how the municipality plans in relation to integrating rural areas within their planning and in your experience would you say we've integrated would you say would you say the rural areas are being integrated within the planning space i think that question i can answer it in two ways because maybe to give a brief background is that um if you recall the previous system the apartheid system had excluded completely all the rural areas in so-called uh, TPVC state or, you know, your rural areas as in the homelands. Mm. So when the new democracy uh, came into being, uh, municipalities were formed such that it can introduce the very concept of democracy to reach each and every one within all the areas of South Africa. So in that space, I would then say uh, 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 municipalities were successful in bringing all its citizens to a space where they can experience the, <clears throat> the new democracy that uh, was ushered in in 1994. However, during the uh, process of formulation of new towns to incorporate all the rural areas, creating what you call border-to-border uh, municipalities, wasn't a strategic plan to deal with the enhancement of uh, rural economies and as well as dealing with the critical issue of land mm. within those spaces. Mm. So then, but came Spluma. Uh, also, Spluma is not addressing the critical issue of economic development mm. into those rural spaces, but also put an emphasis into um, what you call legal planning or uh, 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 land use planning and policies and, and etc. But within that implementation of Spruma, there's a lot left out in terms of um, what the rural areas should transform and be bringing in life to those spaces. Because given the fact that over these years, our rural areas is no longer those structures that you used to see in olden days in the 40s and the 50s, where you use, you'll see rondavels, fetch uh, roof rondavels, and etc. Mm. It's vibrant. Um, structures, develop structures, some even constructing up to three stories and etc. and so on and so on. But then, other than the poor planning in terms of that, the issue of uh, uh, creating sort of livable spaces that relates closely to local economy, it's still an aspect that we've left far behind and we, we're not even attempting to catch up in that spaces. I can then also give you a, a, a synopsis 
where some rural areas have even went to investors or the traditional authorities rather to attract what you call investors as in form of um, shopping malls and etc so we've seen several of them springing up into those rural areas but then it's not an answer to the broad problems that are experienced by by the people in rural areas by the way these people that we're talking about in rural areas some of them are economically active mm. we're speaking of a large number of civil servants mm. as you know that we have hospitals there we have um, uh, government schools and etc etc so you you are looking at a certain population of uh, civil servants and also other um, uh, government departments that have brought in services there. So it is it is um, a, an economically active uh, communities. But however, each and every time when they want to participate in the economy, they find themselves having to travel longer distances and so on and so on because the nucleus, which is the so-called urban areas or rather the CBDs, that way in those uh, uh, sporadic towns mm. are dislocated many kilometers from uh, a lot of those rural areas. Mm. So our planning, in a way, um, it's lacking on a fiscal part because those rural areas are not contributing again anything to the municipal um, uh, fiscals because uh, everything that they get there is what they do out of their pockets. And also there's an issue of land in that there is no tenor that can mean those structures that they have invested that becomes an uh, an investment that they, their children and so on can inherit. So it's just an investment that's uh, 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 good looking in aesthetics and so on, but it has no return on investment as in terms of uh, valuation of property and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, Dadamati. Thinking about uh, uh, Spluma, there's a view that um, Spluma has brought different dimension into the into the planning process itself. But in the main um, land allocation, there's this tension that that is emanated between municipalities and uh, traditional leaders um, since uh, Spluma came forth. How are you navigating through that? Well, you see, I think that space in itself, it's not really a tension between municipalities and traditional authorities. I think the issues of land um, in this country, we need to be open and fair with them to say um, things are not as they're supposed to be. There's a lot of gray areas as far as uh, uh, state land is concerned, which is what you can call traditional land and uh, the custodianship of the, the, the traditional authorities. So that gap that exists because the traditional authorities in themselves see themselves as some kind of an authority over their subject. Whereas uh, we look at uh, uh, people as being, um, uh, uh, you know, sort of that must conform system, which must give, you know, human rights and etc. and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. but. Spluma has not gone to that level because I don't think it is Spluma's area of practice there. It's the whole question of land, and maybe in a broad sense to them say something that is being discussed also within the central government to deal with the whole aspect of uh, land ownership and, 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 and etc. So it's much more broader than uh, Spluma's issue. Spluma, yes, for the land use rights, there is now cooperation here and there with some traditional authorities because we can enforce what you call land use um, legislation because it does permit us. But that in itself is overshadowed by the fact that there is no proper tenor 
that the, the people can enjoy, or rather the land itself. You know, it's sometimes released in terms of a hundred year leaseholds through a particular department of national government, but you cannot still get the title deed that a person can claim he's got the you know a, a right onto that piece of land. So. And, and talking about uh, uh, on the same breath about about Spluma. Um, you have farm owners and 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 um, uh, 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 property owners within rural areas. How are they responding to the requirements of Spluma? Are they are they positive, or are we getting a, a kind of like a lash back to say it's going to hinder with um, the, the the fabric of rural areas? Uh, it's, well, it's twofold. Let's look at the actual land use that is uh, being looked at. If it's normal residential, um, there, there is actually no problem because those residential can actually go on without any hindrance or requirements of submission of building plans and etc. But they, it becomes contagious when you want to bring in um, something that's non-residential, you know, form of business and etc. Then the process becomes, you know, a very elaborate and it becomes tedious in a sense that um, such investment needs to be backed up by, you know, land ownership. If you are to to obtain loans and grants and everything, someone needs to be sure, whoever grants you that, to say you've got um, the the rightful tenant or you've got the the, the right um, land ownership in that space. So the tension exists between uh, investment that is business, but into residential, it's still like you know it's it's not a problem up to this point but there's a critical aspect there that i want to bring hang on i want to bring in because it's going to to haunt us in the in the, in the coming decades those investments that the people are making down there they cannot get them in short they cannot get them to you know also to use as security that is the, the residential properties that I'm, uh, I'm talking about so in a way it is something that it's not helping the growth that you would expect as in terms of families investing and then in a perpetual way to create wealth for the uh, individual families. Oh. And um, one other thing, um, when, when, when Spluma came to the fourth, a lot of municipalities were struggling uh, either because of capacity or not knowing what exactly was required from them. Have we passed that stage? Because I'm worried uh, that most of the, the, the municipalities which host uh, rural areas are those uh, so-called poor municipalities, which capacity is an issue. How are we doing with, on that one? Um, yeah, no, no, that one is still very much outstanding. Maybe that we can title it as the implementation of Pluma per se, mm. to say... Um, it has not been fully implemented. Remember, if you implement Pluma, there's uh, certain several provisos, you know, the legal requirements that you need to establish, you know, your tribunals, you review your special development framework in accordance with the provisions of Pluma, you establish a land use scheme and, and uh, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So all those, is very few municipalities, particularly focusing to the Pompo as, um, as a province, mm. I think there will, there will be less than three municipalities that have gone over those uh, that hurdle. So Spluma in itself has not been fully implemented. Partly it's, uh, it's capacity, but sec second secondary to that is, is the whole question of 
municipalities, municipal councils, not looking at it as a priority, as it is not a direct income that can, you know, you know, you need to invest into this kind of policies to see a return over a number of years. So there's also a reluctance, or not necessarily reluctance, but a question of comprehension to 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 to, to, to most municipal councils. Yes. So uh, the last question. Um, there's an issue with urban biasness within municipalities, and as a result, um, it could be that the the revenue is generated in those economic um, vibrant areas uh, that would obviously not specifically be rural uh, thus at, at the end when we do planning within municipalities it's as if we we are just biased to urban areas and leave out or give the crumbs to rural areas how are we how are you navigating through that as a as as, as a as a practitioner in planning because you direct the plans of 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 the municipality um towards development of that like the municipality in totality without looking at rural or urban but then how how are you integrate ensuring this integration of those areas in 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 the processes of the municipality the, the 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 projects within municipalities how are you influencing that yeah, I think that's quite a crucial point, and I'm glad that you raised it because um, you know there's an approach that most municipalities have adopted to say where we generate revenue, we need to do service delivery. That that is a given. You know, you you cannot turn around and want to do something else. Whereas you also need to bring in the rural aspect, which to a certain extent, government does help there in terms of provision of grants, but those grants themselves are not sufficient to can, um, um, you, you know, bring that equilibrium. So the scale is still unbalanced. I must accept to say most of the municipal budgets, you can look at them, maybe if we rate them in percentages, to say 70 to 80% of those budgets are still spent in urban areas. And rightfully so, you know, is the maintenance of all the infrastructure and the rudimentary services and etc. And with the objective, in most cases, to try and grow those nodal points to create more revenue, hoping that as you generate reserves, then you could spend those reserves in, in rural areas. But then, you know, it, it's a quite elaborate way. It's like, you know, a process of a, a, a ship, a ship cruise, a cruise attending. You cannot expect it to take a 90 degree turn. It will circulate the entire ocean before it could uh, take a different direction. So, what I put as a criticism is that, well, this and cut across all municipalities, that central government need to look at a way to find a way that municipalities can generate sufficient income so that they can maintain themselves, way of raising taxes and so on. It's quite a, a complex issue, but at the rate at which uh, revenue is being generated with municipalities is hand to mouth, there is no way we can find ourselves having an improvement into that area. And the last thing I want to express again is that service delivery includes all other activities that are done by provincial and national government departments, you know, like your provision of housing and et cetera, et cetera. Those processes themselves tend to, to, to be less productive because of the bureaucracy that's there. 
budget allocated for housing have to hire certain departments in provinces and the allocation and etc etc so the the administrative part of all those budgets also have a stumbling effect into mm. the implementation of service delivery that's true no thank you so much Ndate, uh, Mati. Um, yeah, okay thanks and thanks. good luck thanks um, I think the reality is that um, it's work in progress in terms of uh, municipal planning. Uh, the equilibrium um, we've not reached. Um, there's still a lot of um, urban biasness based on what Ndatemate has just outlined to say. Um, the areas that are revenue generating when it's time for uh, delivery, obviously the outlook would be to ensure that there's generation of income uh, to service other areas which means development would then have to look into areas which are generating income but then we uh, my my um, as my parting shot i'm still saying there's a need to look at it beyond where we are we are making progress but there's still quite a lot to ensure that there's integration thank you